Choose your next words carefully, Leonidas. They may be your last as king. Oh, I've chosen my words carefully, Persian. Perhaps you should have done the same. This is blasphemy. This is madness. This is Sparta! Choose your next words carefully, Leonidas. They may be your last as king. <sighs> Don't you love that line? And then when he kicks in and he goes, This is Sparta! I love that. Oh man, who doesn't love a, an underdog story where you kick it? And how do you even convey something like that? that kind of emotion. You convey emotion with words. So literally, it goes right back to what the dude said in the movie. You gotta choose your words wisely. You know, as I have spent more and more time as a life coach and working with really everybody, but especially the youth, the kids, man, they're struggling big time. And as I sit and I discuss what's going on with them and you know, what they're experiencing emotionally, it starts to become evident that somebody has been speaking to them, maybe their whole life, like their parents, who said some crap to them. And the more time that you hear crap in your ear and your brain integrates it and resonates with it, you begin to create a pattern in your brain of thinking. It becomes a habit. Let me give you an example. Let's say you happen to be that I don't know, that kid, that girl, that guy. Let's just use a guy as an example for just this time. So a guy is 25 years old. In his whole life, his old man used to come home who, from work, we'll say. Let's say the old man was very frustrated and angry with his position at work and how much he felt so underappreciated and like he was never going to break free from the low-grade status for which he found himself in. So what does he do? He comes home and he starts ranting at his kid. You're a piece of crap. You're never going to amount to anything if you don't get your stuff together. What do you mean you've done this? You're an idiot. What are you, stupid? Pick that crap up and put it away. Hurry up. What a dumbass you are. Now, you use words like that with your kids, with your friends and family, with your coworkers and employees, whatever. When you use those types of words, they really cut. You probably heard of like death by a thousand cuts. Well, words are just like sharp knives. Matter of fact, and a lot of people that I've asked who have been victims of this, I say, what's worse? Getting slapped upside the head or getting these subtle digs thrown at you consistently? And almost all of them said they'd rather get smacked upside the head. Now, understand that I'm not advocating violence or anybody hurt anybody. That's that's not where I'm coming from. But listen, I grew up in the 60s and it was a different time than it is right now in 2019, right? So back in the day, I mean, I have good parents, wonderful parents, don't get me wrong. But every once in a while, there was a smack upside the head because I was uh, off the beaten path. Let's just call it that. Okay, I can handle that. That was over quick. It was a one quick smack. What are you doing? A quick smack. And I'd be out of my way. Did I deserve it? Well, that's for another show. But um, what happens is sometimes people are are treated 
like crap and ignored. And that's really painful because you're going to, let's say that, you know, your, your father said to you that you're never going to amount to anything. And he only said it once or twice. You're like, okay, what's the big deal once or twice? Well, it only takes once for you to absorb those crappy words in your head and then start to believe them. Then as you believe them, you become habitually the self-fulfilling prophecy of what you've been hearing. And in reality, that was just one person's opinion who is likely not even opinionated about you. You just happen to be in the way at the moment that they were struggling, right? And this happens quite a bit at work. You go to work, you're, you know, your boss has something to say to you and he's trying to control you or she's trying to control you, however you want to look at it in 2019. Give me a break, right? So you look at somebody and you say, um, you know, why didn't you get those things out this week? I mean, a freaking monkey could have gotten it done and you couldn't do it. I mean, come on, what I hire you for? A few more days like this and you might find yourself with a pink slip on your desk. Now get moving, hurry up. You're like, well, what's wrong with that? Everything's wrong with that. You're not going to inspire somebody like that. Imagine you coming home from work and your significant other is attacking you every time. Didn't I tell you to do this? And how come you didn't get that done? You're an idiot. You know what? You shouldn't think this way. You should get that done. Why did you talk to him like this? Blah, 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 blah. And what are you getting? You're getting more and more words that are damaging. So literally, when you look at damaging words, when do they begin in our lives? They begin haunting us when we're children. Then those words stay within our head and they create behaviors and attitudes. And before you know it, we're living what we were taught through words. Now, that's the negative side, because I like to look at words as either damaging or nurturing. So we can certainly nurture as well. Right. Think about social media for a second. What is on social media? People are up way too late and they're typing stuff on the keyboard and attacking others who have made something out of their life. For instance, I mean, if you look at all the celebrities, they like to get angry. They don't even want to be on social media, but I'm not sticking up for them. This is some of the things they say. Sometimes it's, you know, it's just deserves some of the crap that they hear. But nonetheless, the pain that can come from somebody ripping at you just because you're a little overweight or you're a little underweight or because you're a little over tanned. I mean, it's amazing how people will take words and weaponize them to hurt others. What a crappy, crappy way to live life. Terrible. And this is really the underlying concomitant of what? Bullying. If you're going to bully somebody, what's the easiest way to do it? Do it on the internet. Type behind a keyboard where you're so protected and so coward like, where you can use your words to just hurt people. How stupid is that? And you have to remember one thing if you're willing to go out and hurt somebody with your words, well, you better thicken up your coat, my man, because it's going to come back at you. And when it does, it's going to hurt and sting. And you're going to feel it. The same types of things that you've been saying and, and causing other people to feel, you're going to start feeling those things. you got to stop that stuff. You have to. Think about it. Parenting, social media, work, athletic teams. We all need to bond together and use the words that are important in building relationships and helping people to feel good about themselves rather than to bring out all their flaws and drag them down. Words, words, words are so inspiring. They either uplift you or they damage you. And I would say to you right now, choose your words carefully, Leonidas. Nothing could be truer than that. The words are important. Here's some great words that you just might want to start using. Like, I appreciate you so much. Since you've come in to work with us, our team has grown closer together and we couldn't be happier that you're part of us. 
Or, you know what? That was a wonderful, wonderful score you got on your math test today. And I just wanted you to know how proud I am of you and how amazing you are and what kind of a young adult you're becoming and the impact that you will likely have on the world will be loving and beautiful and positive. I mean, you couldn't say that to your kids? And if you can't, you are definitely damaged and you're going to need some help. And I would suggest that you start hanging out with people that can speak that way and learn to emulate the same types of things that they do. I'll tell you what in my life, right? I haven't tremendous kids, uh, my opinion, but it better be. I should embellish and love them like crazy. And I do. So I want to tell you about my son. My son is a quiet young man who's learning to become a leader in the world. But he also knows that it takes time to nurture that. And guess who's there to help nurture him? Even though some days I'm frustrated because it's not happening at the speed and with the texture that I would personally want. But then again, who am I? I've had my time in life. I continue to move forward in my life and I like my life, but I look at my son and I go, he's incredible. He's amazing. And I love him, love him, love him, love him, love him like crazy. So I send him text messages every day when he's at school, much to the chagrin of my wife, who says that the school district doesn't want you texting your kids during the day. Well, I'm sorry, school district. You're just going to have to deal with it because I'm going to send my kid a message every day and tell him that no matter what he does, I'll stand by him and I will love him like crazy. And if he makes decisions which aren't good for him, it's okay. He can always change his his direction by the way he works, communicates, and speaks to others. And to choose words that inspire rather than damage. You know, it's it's football Sunday. No, I was just thinking of something. Because I was with a patient the other day, uh, Alex. And uh, Alex, if you're listening... I just love being around you. Amazing. But um, anyway, so Alex and I were listening to a little movie clip from any given Sunday. And man, that just spoke right back into my life all over again. I was like, wow, I like the way this feels. And if you didn't see the movie, because it's Sunday, let me give you a little preamble. So there's all these professional athletes that play on a football team and um, you know they're partying. They're in their 20s, they're having a ball and they get a little bit too big for their britches. There's money, there's girls, there's all kinds of stuff going on. So they wind up tearing each other apart, these players. They're upset with each other. They're talking garbage behind each other's back and that soon becomes a serious poison for the team and they're struggling big time. And just before they make the playoffs, there's a huge fight in the locker room after a big party at one of the players' homes. It was um, Lawrence Taylor's home. As a matter of fact, it was Lawrence Taylor playing the, the role. <clears throat> so they get in this locker room and in walks the coach. And the coach himself, he's a knucklehead. It's played by Al Pacino. He's had his own struggles in life. And, you know, there's a lot of friction going on. And now the coach realizes that these guys are battered and beaten, you know, from the week prior because they beat each other up in the locker room. So now they're actually in Dallas in a, in the locker room on an away game playing in the playoffs and they are so divided. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's almost like why bother? Because we just want to kill each other. Forget the other guys out there that want to compete against us. And it was funny because in that moment when the coach walks into the locker room, you know, he just uses words to unite and to bring men together, 
even in the face of pain and damage and anger, he finds a way to bring them together and he uses his words. I can pretty much recite the damn thing I've been... (laughs) It's kind of my own mantra. It's the way I feel and the way I believe and it brings great emotion. It goes kind of something like this. You know, coach walks out, they're all sitting there and he says, you know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You, know, you find out that life's this game of inches, and so is football. Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early and you don't quite make it. One half second too fast, too slow, and you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that inch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing, between living and dying. And I'll tell you this, in any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that inch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, It's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that inch. Because that's what living is. It's the six inches in front of your face. And now I can't make you do it. You got to look at the guy next to you and you got to look into his eyes. And I think you're going to see a guy who go that inch with you. You're going to see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're going to do the same for him. That's a team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. That's football, guys. That's all it is. Now, what are you going to do about it? Wow. What an amazing, amazing speech. Words woven together so beautifully that evoke emotion that bring unity and purpose, bring happiness and joy. Let's not inflict pain and suffering with our words, but let's bring compassion, joy, happiness, and peace by the way we speak and articulate to each other. Let's stop just for a moment before we speak. That one pause just before you're about to say something. Think about its impact and how somebody will feel if you deliver those words with that emotion. Choose love and joy over pain and suffering. And the words will guide you exactly how to get there. Okay, that's what I got for you today. I'll see you tomorrow on the DIP. 